Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message. See you at church. How is everyone this morning? Have we warmed up a little bit, de-thawed a little bit? I'll tell you what, when you're down for preaching and you realise you're following your pastor, that's a pretty tough gig. <laughs> but no, it'll be, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, this morning, I, um, I wanted to share a bit of a testimony this morning. And so if I could start off with that, because um, I don't think I've, I probably have shared um, before my journey over probably the last four or five years. Um, openly, I think I've talked with people at times, um, but I thought it'd be good to kick off with just sharing um, a little bit of my journey. And, um, you know, and I want to give God praise through this. I, I don't want it to be a reflection on me, um, but but reflection on him. And I think the other thing that I'm very, very conscious of, um, and always the thing I'm probably nervous about, and, it's, and it just comes from a place of where I've seen, I feel like people share their testimonies and dare I say it to bragging and say, look like me, you should be like me. Um, but hopefully this morning when I share, it's more pointing towards Christ. Um, and then from there I'll get into, get into my message. Um, so for me, um, growing up as a teenager, um, I grew up in a family of seven kids um, so, so, so there was never a dull moment. I'm sure some of you have heard me share that before. Um, and, um, but mum and dad got into business as, a, um, as a, a, a teenager. So we went from having effectively nothing to having a lot. Um, and as a young teenager, I had two burning desires that I felt like God put on my heart. Um, one was to preach his word, um, which doing. Um, and then the second thing was is that I always had this burning desire to get into business. I had no idea what that looked like. I, I, um, I just, other than a burning desire, I just knew that one day I wanted to be in business for myself and, and, and uh, do my own thing. And, and, and it was this calling on my heart. Um, and, um, and then I met my lovely wife, um, um, who is a massive risk taker. Not really. Um, and I have to admit, if I'm very transparent at points, I even thought, oh, this could be hard for us one day if I ever do. Because to get into business, it's a big risk. In fact, I am a bit of a risk taker, which Nate pointed out. I'm wearing a white jumper. <laughs> Let's see how we go after lunchtime today. See if it's still clean. Um, um, so, so I'm a bit of a, a risk taker. Um, um, and, and, and so enough, we had kids. Um, Woo, yeah, Hugo, that's you. Um, um, we had kids. We, um, um, and who knows, when you've got young kids, it's a terrible time to try to take risk. One income. Um, and, and nevertheless, um, that desire was burning away in the background there. Um, when I was 21, um, uh, 22, sorry, I think it was, um, I got a job um, working for Weber Barbecues as a sales manager. And... Um, you know, the day before I was supposed to start that 
job. Um, um, I was supposed to start at a Ford car dealership selling cars because I was in between, in between jobs and you've got a mortgage, you've got bills to pay and you've just got to work, right? And so, so the day before I was supposed to start at this Ford dealership, I got offered the job at Weber um, and so I had to call him up and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm not going to come in. I mean, he did tell me that I was making a really big mistake and the opportunity to earn lots of money and I mean as I get it um, but anyway so I started my journey on web, at Weber Barbecues as a sales um, sales rep sales manager um, which the, top, the the job grew and changed over time as to the um, South Australian Northern Territory business manager was my official um, title as such which sounds Really, really impressive, but it's just you look and look after people and you talk with people um, and you get paid for it. Um, but um, through that 10 years of working at Weber, um, if I look back now, I, I know God was training me to do what I'm doing now. And, you know, and, and, and I, I, I don't think we can underestimate those moments of when God predestines our future, the path that we walk along, and it, it's about us just trying to step in the right direction of obedience. It's listening to those moments of like, ah, oh, that's not right, and then, and then trying to get along the ones that are right. And, you know, and I wouldn't say that's always perfect, but in this case, I'd go, I got that right. Um, um, and following in that, I'm working through Weber, which I always felt like, I've always had key moments in my life, I felt like they've been God moments. Meeting my wife and marrying my wife, I felt like, yep, when I met her, I knew I was going to marry her. I just felt like, God, tell me she's the one. You're punching above your weight, buddy. Go for it. Um, and so, so sure enough, within weeks we were dating and within five months I had proposed. So, which is kind of hindsight now looking back, kind of ridiculous. But, but, but nevertheless, it was a God moment where I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me, this is what you need to do. Um, when um, coming to this church was another God moment where I was in, um, I was, I was in South Africa and I got home and, and um, I felt like God calling me to Murray Bridge and I picked up an old journal that I wrote as a kid that said, God, I feel you're calling me to Murray Bridge. If I ever forget, remind me of this journal. Like Just like real pivotal moments that you go, that's a God moment where you, you know, you're, you're walking in that step. So, so, so move to Murray Bridge, marry Naomi. I get this job at Weber. I know this job at Weber is the right timing of God. I'm where I'm supposed to be. After about seven years working at Weber, I get this unsettling feeling. I remember chatting with Pastor Vic and yourself, Robin, about, you know, I just feel like the time's coming to the end. And I remember, um, you know, even looking, going, I should wait to seven years, get long service leave and, you know, all those strategic things. But, but I felt this uneasy and this, this stirring that change was coming. Um, and um, um, I applied for jobs. I had, like, I, there was jobs that I'd get down to the second person of, of, pretty good jobs and, and I'd get down to the second person, me or another, and I had one say, look, Scott, it's just the other guy's older than you, he's got 15 years on you. I mean, you can't really say that, but, but that's what it, he said, you know, just that's it. Um, that's why you didn't get the job. And, and I look at those and go, that was kind of me probably even sometimes taking a step in the slightly wrong direction and God just kind of nudging me back on track. Um, and um, anyway, um, 
and we're coming up to 10 years long service leave and, and I really got that burning desire to get into business. It was coming up um, and um, I remember having chats with Pastor Vic and Pastor Robin about praying about it. We, we talked about a few businesses along the way that I shared and said, what about this, what about this? And we prayed about it. And um, I remember one morning um, at church where we came down for prayer, and I don't know if you even remember this, Pastor Robin, um, but Pastor Robin prayed over, well, Pastor Vic and Pastor Robin praying over us, and Vic did his prayer, and then, and then Pastor Robin gets that, that next level deep spiritual layer and always has. And then she, she turns around and goes, Scott, you're going you're gonna to get the business, but it's not going to cost you. I don't, do you ever remember saying that, Pastor Robin? You don't even, wow, there you go. Um, I remember it because I'm like, how do you buy a business without money? Right? That's a pretty hard thing to do. Um, anyway, at that time, I started conversations with a guy that runs Electric Bikes Superstore, which, in jump ahead, you've probably seen the car outside at some points. Um, um, anyway, I started the conversation with him um, back in June, and... Um, and then it just kind of fizzled in and out, you know, just, you know, too much money, not enough money, you know, I didn't have the money, and, and it just was kind of fizzling in and out, and, and then um, he offered vendor finance, which for those that don't know, is basically me borrowing money from him, or effectively paying him off over a, time, a period of time, um, which was phenomenal, really, when you think about that, to buy... A business with stock, not paying for a cent up front, um, not paying for goodwill, but one of those pivotal moments where you can go, that was only a God thing. Absolutely only a God. Nothing to do with my abilities or salesmanship. That was a 100% God thing. But then to get that moment of it's not going to cost you was just like, yep, this is, uh, this is the right one. We haven't spoken about this this morning. But do you remember that moment, Naomi? It was just like, wow, it's all just come together. Um, I remember, I, I think probably one of the biggest things when you're working for someone for 10 years where you're doing the same thing day in, day out, um, you get incredibly comfortable. You, you, um, I, you know how much you're going to earn month to month. We get paid monthly, so we'd know what we're doing one month, we know what you're doing another. And it was consistent, you could count on it. Um, and all of a sudden, I remember it dawned on me in the first couple of weeks, like, oh no, what have I done? I don't, you know, that, that monthly income is not going to be there soon. And thankfully, I was on long service leave, so that helped for the first couple of months of paying my way. And um, all of a sudden, I went from being really, really comfortable to being incredibly uncomfortable. Um, before you could have asked me and said, do you really trust God, Scott? And I would have said, absolutely. To all of a sudden, if I'm incredibly transparent, not really. Um, like, I've got bills to pay, mortgages to pay. And, and um, I remember... Uh, in February, I made the decision to resign from Weber. I hadn't decided whether to go all in, and, and, and I, was, I was still throwing up the idea of keeping the consistent income at Weber and employing someone to take over the business, and we'll just grow it slowly. Um, but God had other ideas. 
First month in, business doubled. Second month in, from February figures, it tripled. Um, and, and then it was just like, okay, this is crazy. Caleb, for those that don't know, works with me. Um, hey, Caleb. Um, and um, he came and worked for me the first couple of weeks free. Caleb wanted to come. I said, mate, I can't pay you, but hey, come hang out with me. Um, so he came and worked for me. For, and then it got to this point, same thing, where we're getting so busy, 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 and I'm just thinking, I should probably start paying him. Um, but again, it was just God's provision coming, coming through. And then I've really felt, yeah, this is the right thing. I need to jump out of the boat. I need to jump all in. It was that pivotal moment again where I felt God say, yes, Scott, this is, this is it. I remember having the chat with Naomi and because, um, heck, we needed to be in it together. And I remember having that conversation um, with my boss back then, Dave, and we were talking about the coronavirus and go, it'll be like swine flu. It won't matter. It will come and go, you know, like it will dwindle on, but nothing's going to come out of it. And um, we both genuinely thought that. And then the following week after officially resigning, um, we talk about shutdowns. The coronavirus, everything got really heavy. And you could imagine, I haven't gone into this with a lot of money, um, absolutely trusting God. Um, um, and all of a sudden, I'm worried. What's going to happen? Are people going to stop buying e-bikes? Are people going to... Um, yeah, like, what's going to happen? You know, there's this uncertainty. Um, and I think it was in that moment, I don't... In, for the first three months of taking over that business, I don't think I've prayed so much in my entire life. Um, um, and um, as I was trying to learn to just trust God, trust God that I'm in his path. Um, and um, sure enough... But by the grace of God, I bought a business that was destined to boom through coronavirus. And you go, nothing but the grace of God. Could, could he align such a thing? You know, that has nothing to do with my strategic vision, um, but all but the grace of God to go and place me in an industry like it is right now. You know, and, and um, we outgrew our, our building oh, that we're in long time. You know, six months in, we were out, outgrew the building. Um, I originally had my business plan, because um, I'm I'm, I plan these things, um, to be me working full-time in the business. Um, initially by myself, that was the first. And then maybe in, employ a technician a couple of days a week. Um, by the end of last year, I think I had three full-time staff members plus another three that were based casual staff that were basically working full-time hours plus a bookkeeper and you know like it's just crazy absolutely absolutely crazy um and I'm, I'm not sharing this to blow my trumpet but I just want to give God glory I don't think I've openly shared this before um like this so I just want to give God the glory and and um amazingly, end of last year, felt like I ran a marathon to get to Christmas. I feel God prompting me to open a second shop. I had people talking to me, oh, you should do it, you should do it, but I was just like, no, no, I'm okay. And then um, had that prompting, and then um, May, 
this year officially. So a couple of months in, I've officially got a second store at Brighton. And you go, God is good. He's incredible. Um, It doesn't mean you're going to work the same journey as what I've walked, but if you can just walk in what God's called you to do, you know, the story of the talents comes to mind. God gives us each talents. And it's what you use it for that glorifies God. It's what he gives you, you do with what he gives you, is what God looks at as good and pleasing. You know, I, I, I haven't, you know, I mean, if you make money out of it, you make money out of it. But for me, it's about if I can walk in God's destiny. And if I can walk in his path and if I can give him glory to help grow his kingdom, then I think that is absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, so God is good. God is good. I, I just want to publicly acknowledge Christ this morning because if it wasn't for him, I know fundamentally I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today, standing in front of you, sharing with you, and then also to be doing the business that I'm doing. You know, God is amazing. But, you know, through all of that, it doesn't mean everything is peachy. Um, um, I don't know if it started from work or not, but I'm definitely thinning out on top. I know some greys going through the beard. Um, You know, I I don't think I've worried so much in my entire life than I have in the last two years. I'm not a worrier. (laughs) Um, But I found myself, like, oh, my goodness, like, what am I doing um, Naomi and Caleb probably here at the most. Um, um, but not, not everything's peachy, you know. A couple of weeks before we opened up Brighton, some of you know we got broken into. This morning at 2.30, and I haven't shared this with all of you, but this morning at 2.30, I had a guy pl- messing with my cameras looking at how to break into my building this morning at 2.30, called the police. Um, um, it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. But... Because the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But, but, but as long as we can be walking in his destiny, that's all that matters. Because life is hard. I, um, I, I uh, was on Facebook this morning and something popped up on Life of Fam. And I actually think it summarized something, I think, really, really good. And, and, it, and it starts off by saying church is hard. Um, Church is hard to the person walking through the doors, afraid of judgment. Church is hard for the pastor's family under the microscope for the entire body to see. Church is hard for the prodigal sons returning home, broken and battered by the world. Church is hard for the person who looks like they've got it all together, but doesn't. Church is hard for the couple that fought the entire ride here. Church is hard for the single mum surrounded by couples holding hands and seemingly perfect families. Church is hard for the widow and the widower with nowhere to be after the service. Church is hard for the leaders with the estranged child. Church is hard for the person singing worship, overwhelmed by the weight of the lyrics. And church is hard for the man insecure as a role as a leader. And if I'm transparent, that's me sometimes. Church is hard for the wife who longs to be led by a righteous man and church is hard for the Sunday school leader who desperately um, longs for a baby to love. Church is hard for the single mom and the single man praying for God to bring the partner. And church is hard for a teenage girl wearing 
a scarlet letter, shamed of her mistakes. Church is hard for the sinners, and church is hard for me. It's because on the outside it looks like things are shiny and perfect. We wear our Sunday best, we dress up on a Sunday, but it doesn't always imitate what's going on the inside. But this is the beauty of church. Church isn't a building, a mentality, expectation or religion. It is a body. Church is a group of sinners saved by grace, living in fellowship as saints. Church is a body of believers bound as brothers and sisters by eternal love. Church is a holy ground where sinners stand as equals before the throne of grace. Church is a refuge for broken hearts and a training ground for mighty warriors. Church is converging of confrontation and invitation where sin is confronted and hearts are invited to seek restoration. Church is a lesson in faith and trust. Church is a bearer of burdens and giver of hope. Church is a family, a family coming together, setting aside differences, forgetting past mistakes and rejoicing in the smallest of victories. Church and the body in the circle of sinners Turned saints is where he resides, and if we ask, he is faithful to come. So even on the hard days at church, the days when we're all at odds with a friend and we've fought with a spouse because we're late once again, sorry, honey, when we have walked bearing burdens heavier than the heart can handle, yet masking the pain with a smile on a face, when I've worn a scarlet letter under the microscope and when I've longed for a baby to hold, or fought tears as the lyrics were sung, when I've walked back in afraid and broken after washing away, I'll remember, he has never failed me there. And that was by Jacob Waldron. This morning as I was preparing the sermon, um, a couple of weeks, a word grace was just speaking in my mind, grace. And, um, um, and, uh, you know, grace is an amazing thing. And Pastor Robin, she, um, she, she, she shared on it this morning. Um, but the, in particular, this, these words were just coming back to me again. Come as you are. Come as you are. Come as you are. See, Jesus loves the sinners. I think it's mistaken quite often we think we have to come to church, we have to look our best, we have to come perfect. But in reality, that's not reality. Because I don't need to be a prophet. We live in a broken world where people come broken. They've made mistakes and they keep making mistakes. It doesn't matter if you're not a Christian. It doesn't matter if you are a Christian. We're all making mistakes. Luke 4.18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, as he references Isaiah. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, and he has sent me to proclaim the captives to be released, that the blind will see and the oppressed will be set free. He has come for the broken, the poor, the blind. He is the good doctor. Matthew 9, 12 to 13 says that when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor. 
sick people do. He then he added, now go and learn meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Show mercy. For I've come to call those who think they are right. I've not. I've come to call those not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've had some sick kids, <laughs> um, and uh, it's not fun when your kids are sick. Not 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 fun. Um, Samuel, I, I love it when you are sick and he's feeling sick. He's feeling about to talk. He goes, Dad, Dad, come pray for me. Come. Yeah, when you vomit that, try, he hates the feeling. Like, just come pray for me, Dad. Um, you know, and at that moment, my son has sickness in his body and I hate it. Absolutely hate the sickness. But I love my son, I owe him so much more. And, you know, I can't help but think of that moment a little bit. Maybe that's how Christ sees us. He sees us in that moment of sick, vomiting, that vileness. And he's hating that sin inside us. But he absolutely loves us. Absolutely loves us. You know, he is the good doctor. He is wanting us to... To be whole. Um, You know, he wants us to come as we are, but not stay as we are. He wants us to be healed. Jesus loves his people, but he hates the sin. And he created that healing that we needed by dying on the cross for our sins. It's the same when you think about cancer, where, where it kills. It doesn't matter what type, eventually it does one thing. It kills. See, Jesus loves, and we as a person, people, so we love the people, but we hate the sickness. And, 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 and even as humans, we try to take it out of people, but even then it's not a perfect solution. We can't do it. And see, that's the thing that I love about Christ. When he died on the cross for our sins, that cancer, that sickness, we try to get rid of it ourselves, but it's never completely out. It just keeps on coming back, keeps on wanting to edge its way in. But through Christ, when he died on this cross, he was able to get rid of that cancer, to get rid of that, that sickness. He wants us to call on his name. Psalms 34, 17 to 18 says, The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all the troubles, and the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. This morning, I'm confident here that we have people that, you know what, stuffing up week in, week out. It's reality. I do it. I don't know if I'm allowed to share this. Sorry, Robin. Please don't shut on me. I had a hard day this week. Um, it's not a, just a little slip. And um, it was just a day that just compounded, 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 compounded. And then I had this one customer who had been trying to fix his bike and it broke again. And he sent me a text message. And I, 
smuttered under my breath a word which shall remain not said here. Samuel heard me, shocked that he heard his dad say something, slipped out of my mouth. But that's the humanness, right? That is the old man creeping itself out at that moment. But I don't stay there. I don't get bound by guilt. I don't go, oh, bother, I'm not going to church on Sunday. Um, but no, I turn to Christ and I ask for forgiveness and, and then also ask my kids for forgiveness because they were in the car next to me. Samuel. It was a bit of a surprise. Um, but the best thing about Christ, nothing can separate us, no matter what. No matter what we do, the thing about cancer, no matter what cancer you've got, it's cancer. It's an overview of a whole different range of sicknesses and given it one word, just as like sin is a range of a whole different types of sin, but sin's sin. As it says in Romans, we've all fallen short. And in Romans 8, it says, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in earth below. Indeed, indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ our Lord. No matter how many drugs you've taken, no how many drunkard nights you've had or mornings, no matter how many lies you've turned, how many people you've hurt, no matter what it is you've done, nothing can separate us from Christ's love. Nothing. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you're broken this morning, you're in really good company. I might look clean, got a nice white jumper on, but I am as just dirty as sinner as anyone else in this room, that only by the grace of God and by me calling on his name to be saved and accepting him as my Lord and Saviour, that I can stand free and liberated through Christ. No matter about our past history, no matter our past hurts and pains, we can be united in Christ. Come as you are. This morning, you may be feeling tired. Perhaps secretly there's those things that keep weighing you down. It's okay. God's got it. He's got it in his hand. Just call upon his name. Keep on walking. Keep on journeying it back to Christ. Keep on calling on his name. Come as you are. Don't feel like you have to come perfect. Jesus loves the broken. He came for us. This morning, it's a simple, simple message. Simple message. Call upon his name. If you're hurting, if you're in pain, just call and reach out to Jesus. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to heal. Keep on repenting. 
keep asking for forgiveness. You know, I, um, school holidays, um, got our kids around. I love you kids. Um, sometimes I, I feel like I keep asking my kids to keep on cleaning their bedrooms. Pick up those toys. Keep doing this. Keep. Do- I, sometimes I feel like I'm nagging them all week. Right? And, but it doesn't change my love for my kids. Not even one ounce of misbehavior makes me go, I don't love them any less. They're still my kids. I still love them. And no matter what you've done this week or done for the last 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, he loves you as you are. So this morning, it'd be amiss of me to not invite you, if you haven't given your life to Christ, to give your life to Christ this morning. Perhaps you feel like you're not good enough to come to Christ. So not even just sitting here, you don't even feel good enough. Again, you're in good company. We've all stuffed up. We've all made mistakes. You're in good company. And this morning, if you would go, Scott, I, I want this freedom and this liberty from my past and my history. I want a saviour. I want that forgiveness from our Lord and our King, our God. I want to accept this freedom that I get from Jesus Christ. It's quite simple. Like it said in the scripture, he didn't come for us to give sacrifices but to give mercy. It's the same. We don't have to do anything. It's just accepting. He accepts us as we are. So this morning, if you would like to give your life to Christ, I would love to pray with you. And if that's you this morning, why don't you just give me a wave so I know who I'm praying with this morning. If you would like to give your life to Christ. And we'll take a moment for that as well. If you're not sure, that's okay. We can chat after as well. Awesome. Okay. The next thing I want to pray for is um, um, us, body of believers, because I look around here, there's been some incredibly faithful people that I know have been Christians for a very long time. And um, I just want you to take a moment to accept the grace Perhaps you've been hard on yourself. Perhaps you're letting the, the, the enemy wear you down because you haven't let go of past pain or hurt or mistakes. But this morning, just focus on the freedom and the grace that you have from Jesus. Just accept it. Live in that freedom. Have that burdens lifted off you this morning. So, Father God, Lord, I just pray for your people. This morning, if this message uh, spoke to you, just put your hands out. You don't need to raise them. Just put your hands out and accept his freedom. So, Father God, Lord, I just pray for your people. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You died on the cross for our sins. Lord, I am just thank you. We can come as we are. We don't have to come perfect to you. We We don't even have to worry about our past mistakes. We can just accept your freedom. So Jesus Christ, this morning, Lord, we come as we are.
We accept your forgiveness. We accept that power that you've done for us. And Lord, as the good doctor, Lord, I pray that you heal us. We come as we are, Lord, but also help us to leave in a different way. And we thank you for that, Jesus. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 